0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. This is Josh Clark. Charles W. Bryan is clearing his nose out across from me.
0: I was laughing up boogers because you were
1: singing Dolly Parton (laughs) before we went on air. Yeah, I was. I love Dolly. I'm hoping that was never recorded by Jerry, secretly, surreptitiously. We oh, like, haven't had a uh, a little outtakes in a while. No. It's been a while. Jerry, get on that. <laughs> we haven't said anything funny in a really long time. That's how it is. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Oh, boy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, dude. Did you know that we are smack dab in the middle of roller derby playoff season? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, I would did say... you know that prior to no. 9 a.m. this morning? No.
0: no, but I would say we're smack dab in the middle of a roller derby revolution.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're smack dab in the in the middle of a roller derby playoff season that is, is, is situated within a larger roller derby revolution. Indeed. Can we agree to that one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Um Roller derby, it's kind of everywhere if you are not into it. I'm sure you've at least seen some cool posters or stickers on cars right. supporting roller derby leagues all of a sudden. Um, and if you notice that there really weren't any prior to 2001, you're a pretty sharp person. I would say so. Um, we have our own roller derby league here in Atlanta, the Atlanta Roller Girls. Have you been? I have not. I've seen them on uh, cable access, though. <laughs> That's that your Tuesday night just yeah. watching cable access. I don't. I actually don't remember where I would have seen him because yeah. I don't even have cable access or cable or anything right now. We need to go. We need to make a point to go. It's like right down from my house. It's on Ponce, right? Yeah, the Yareb Shriner um, Temple. Yeah, yeah. Oddly, all right, we'll go, kids. Right. You know, Saturday, September 25th, which is probably before this will come out. Yeah, um, that's the that's the next playoff. I bet if we took Jerry, she'd know, like, a third of the people there. <laughs> Probably. You know, they'd be like, hey, Jerry, they, what's up? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chuck, uh, the Atlanta Roller Girls are one of 98 um, sanctioned leagues. And, gro- derby and leagues. growing. Yeah, because when did Tracy write this article? Like, maybe 2006? Yeah, I
0: think the, the, the WFTDA, the Women's Flat Track Derby Association, has been around since 2004. So she did
1: not acknowledge that in this, so it was probably 2003. Okay. So since 2003, uh, Tracy cited there's about 30 leagues. Yeah. Now there's 98, sanctioned, and another 43 that are apprentice leagues. They're up and coming. Yeah. Right? So there's a boatload of roller derby going on around this country. Sure. I was looking on the um, Flat Track Derby Association site. And they have, like, the, you know, links to all the different teams' Uh pages. So uh, they have the logos of each one, and I think I found the best one. Which one? My favorite was the uh, Dutchland Rollers out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. (laughs) They have, like, an Irish woman with the the head kerchief on with a black eye. Amish or Irish? Amish. Oh, okay. Did I say Irish? Yeah, she might have been Irish, too. Did I say Irish? You did. (laughs) Oh. That stinks, because I really meant Amish. That's right. So is
0: that their whole get-up? They all wear Amish gear? I don't know. I just saw the logo. They probably
1: do because they go with the themes generally. Yeah. But that's that's for later, right? So, Chuck, let's talk about this. Let's talk about roller derby. And by let's talk about it, let's talk about its history.
0: Yeah. From what I can tell, Josh, um, in the mid-1930s, there was a sports promoter named Leo Seltzer. Yes. Sounds very like sports promoter from the 30s, doesn't he? Yeah. We need a roller derby, see? And that's basically what he said. But <laughs> initially, it was... Um, you know, they used to have all these endurance competitions yeah. back in the day, like the dance mm-hmm. and all those silly things you did before television. Mm-hmm. Uh, his was initially a roller skating uh, endurance competition.
1: Right. It to, was called the Transcontinental Roller Derby.
0: Yeah, it was and the idea was to do t- 57,000 laps, which is about the distance across the U.S. It's about 3,000 miles. That's a long way to skate. Yeah. But they all kind of realize this kind of stinks, and it's not very fun to it watch. It does.
1: Well, plus, skaters were skating about 11 and a half hours a day.
0: Yeah, it's no fun.
1: Right? And I'm sure there's a pretty sizable cash prize. This is during the Depression, so you could make people, like, wrestle bears and tutus and right. do all sorts of crazy stuff to, you sure. know, feed their family. right? Um, so I'm sure that's why people skated 11 and a half hours a day for these things. Um, the problem wasn't that it, it, it was too much for... Uh, human constitution, it was that it was boring. Yeah, It's just people going around a track again and again and again, and then ultimately it's like, wow, they just skated across the U.S., but in the meantime it's boring, and there was a sports writer, a very famous sports writer, named Damon Runyon, who in 1937 came to Seltzer and was like, look, dude, this is a good idea, but the coolest part is when people run into each other. Why don't you make something like that really emphasizes that? Right. And apparently Seltzer was like, I don't know, that seems kind of rough, and we'll, we'll give it a shot. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you have like 1930s ladies just beating the tar out of each other. Right. <laughs> have you seen footage of it? It's pretty awesome. It is. I mean, back in the 30s, too, oh, you yeah. think of everyone as so genteel and everything. Uh-huh. No, it, it was just as rough and tumble as it is today. Oh, yeah. And he, he only had the
0: endurance version for a couple of years, I think, before he was like, you know, you may be onto something.
1: Right. And, and from that point on, that's Roller Derby. Yes, Josh, and it grew. Uh,
0: you know, it was very popular during the 40s and 50s, and uh, clearly, if you remember, like, Happy Days, I think there was a Roller Derby on Happy Days <laughs> at was. one point.
1: Didn't Pinky Tuscadero participate?
0: I don't know. I was wondering that it earlier. Seems like something she would do. See, it seems like she'd be too cool for that, but she would, like, beat up the girls after the match, maybe. That's pretty bad. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to look that up. Chuck, uh, Chuck. Le- leather Tuscadero, would not it? Or was that her sister? Were there two of them? Was leather
1: a nickname? I don't know. We'll Man, have to look that up, uh,
0: but they, they it did grow in popularity uh, up until about the seventies. I think a lot of things declined in the seventies because of the stinking economy mm-hmm. and the gas crisis, mm-hmm. and so people weren't going out and spending money on things like roller derby anymore, right? Or skateboards? Skateboarding <laughs> it went. It had an opposite effect, though, didn't it? Yeah, it boomed. I think because that awesome documentary, the the dog Lords of Dogtown. Is that a doc? Well, there was a documentary and then a feature film based on the documentary. Oh, okay. But the documentary's better. Okay, but well, yeah, the yeah, swimming pools. Is. They couldn't. Have, people couldn't afford to like fill up their pools, so the pools dried out, and they skated. Right, skateboards in the pools.
1: And that Stacy Peralta was one of those who would go on to found yeah. Pal Peralta Skateboards, the oh, yeah. greatest skateboard company of all time. They were awesome. Who would sponsor the greatest group of skaters of all time, the Bones Brigade? Yeah, yeah. But that has nothing to do with roller derby except for the wheels. Well, it does actually have something to do with uh, Roller Derby in this case, that the dock is always better than the feature film. You just hang on to that one. Sure. Put that one in your back pocket. Well, it's
0: interesting, though, in that Roller Derby did decline in the 70s, but that's when it was actually probably most visible because they had those televised. I remember when I was a kid. Do <laughs> you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they televised it. on. You were like, like a
1: four, you know 25-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> 25 in
0: 1975. And um, I sent you the link earlier, and we watched a little bit of these clips through YouTube. Like 1970s roller derby, you can see some of this stuff.
1: You can, and you can hear the commentators. Um, w- when they tried to revive it in the 70s after its decline, uh, there was kind of an artificial revival. Uh, where roller derby toured the country in civic centers and small towns. Yeah, like an exhibition. Everything. Right, but there was like different. There are different teams, but like the the announcers were the same. Right. And the announcers used a lot of colorful language. Like there was one woman, they were who misogynistic. Was, uh, Let's just about, go ahead and say that <laughs> there was a woman who's like, uh, uh, I think they they cited her weight at about 200 pounds. She's like a big blocker. Yeah. Um, and she, the the uh, announcers said that she was roughly the size of the state of Rhode Island, <laughs> and it was just kind of like even on the youtube clip uh-huh. the person who posted it said i apologize for the announcer saying that yeah. one of the the skaters is the size of Rhode island it
0: was the se- anything went back there in the 70s pretty you could much. do anything you want
1: pretty much pretty much but um even that didn't didn't keep roller derby into the 80s like that kind of um fantastic misogyny and the right. kind of um world wrestling look and feel that it had to it.
0: Yeah, they took it sort of over the edge to where they would like fake hit each other and stuff like that.
1: Right. Um but that 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 didn't that didn't keep it alive, right? No. And we should say also that that revival is significant in, in that it foreshadows the 21st century revival because it was all women. Yeah. Prior to that, oh, yeah, in true. the 40s, the 50s, uh-huh. and the 60s when like during the heyday of roller derby, it was co-ed.
0: Yeah, well, not co-ed on the same team. They would have, like, the no, men. No, teams
1: were co-ed. I, think uh, oh, really? I didn't think periods were
0: not co-ed. Oh, see, I thought it was women competed in the same night as men, but only against each other.
1: I think teams were originally co-ed, which, is, which uh, is, gr- has grown from the the first uh, right. roller derby, where there were 25 teams of uh, one man and one woman. Right. And then that carried on. So I think the teams were co-ed, uh-huh. but different periods it would be the male team or the women's team. Gotcha. I think. But the men kind of went away for the most part, and now the modern revival is all ladies. Right. In Austin, Texas, in 2001, a group of women got together and basically single-handedly revived roller derby into this really huge incarnation that we're seeing now, right?
0: Well, yeah. And like we said, in 2004, just a few years later, the Women's Flat Track Derby Association was formed, and they pretty much run the show- and we should mention that, you know, flat track means that, well, it's clearly not a roller rink at the Shriners uh, Auditorium in Atlanta, no. but a lot of them use roller rinks yeah. and, uh, instead of the the curved bowls. The banked. Yeah, the banked bowls that they used to use, but they still have those in some places.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I uh, get the impression that flat track and banked kind of go head to head Well, over, like who...
0: Yeah, the one lady, uh, they interviewed some women, uh, Tracy did for this article, and she said that they'll... they'll Debate that, of course, but it's really all in the spirit of the sport. Sure. They're still like sisters.
1: And there's a, I should say, there's a documentary about that um, formation in 2001 in Austin called Hell on Wheels. Oh really? Uh huh, and that's, that's where I saw footage of, um, the old-timey, like right. 1930s roller derby <laughs> people just beating the crap out of each other. Awesome. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. But, but then there's a feature film based on that. Yeah. That, Chuck, I don't know if you remember or I not, do. but on the way back from Guatemala. <laughs> that's where I watched it. You were watching it, and yeah. I was watching you watch it. And yeah. like every once in a while, i will just be like, <laughs> Yeah. Ellen Page and Drew Barrymore in the same movie. It's That's yeah. a rough one. Drew Barrymore directed that, I believe. And produced it and basically paid for it. Yeah, it was called Whip It, and it was
0: set in Austin, and um,
1: oh, I hesitate to say I didn't like it
0: very much because
1: you never know if Drew Barrymore is a listener. But. I thought about that, too. <laughs> it was good, Drew. I think it put it on the map, <laughs> faux show. Definitely. It brought it into the mainstream. How about
0: that? Yes. Okay. And Jimmy Fallon was just terrific as the announcer. And uh, Isn't he
1: always? Future Man was the coach. Class act. So that was Whippet. Let's talk about the spirit of roller derby, Chuck. Okay. Um, It is fishnet stockings and tutus and knee socks and black eyes Uh big elbows. Um, All kinds of costumes. Awesome names. Oh, yeah. Right? So just in this article alone, Atlanta Roller Girls... um, Susan B. Agony. Which that's is, good. That's my favorite. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, Let's see. Who else is there, Chuck? Uh,
0: well, I saw a Jackie Daniels, which is kind of good. Some of them play off the tough uh, like liquor bottle thing. Mm-hmm. Like our friend, well, we should also say, too, our friend Debbie. Freak Freakgirl. Freakgirl.com is her blog, and she's a freelance writer. She did not write this, but she is new to roller derby, and I posed some questions for her, and we'll get to those throughout, but her name. <laughs> too bad we can't have her doing voiceover. That'd be cool her name is uh molotov cupcake one hundred <laughs> proof I like that one and she makes she's a really good cupcake uh, baker, yeah. so she's incorporating her love of liquor and explosives in cupcakes That's all awesome. in all into one yeah and uh, I should also mention too my favorite name of all time this is from a listener about a year ago wrote in, and her name was sudden Beth <laughs> I thought just
1: sometimes the simplicity yeah of a name like that sudden Beth there was a in the um Hell on Wheels doc, one of the original Roller Girls was um, uh, Betty Rage. Betty Rage. I like that one too.
0: Yeah, or uh, Beyonce.
1: Yeah, apparently Beyonce, according to uh, Molotov Cupcake, yeah. is uh, the worst, biggest blocker you've ever heard of yeah, in she's, the history of Roller Derby. She's right? a big
0: girl and she is uh, like size. That's one of the cool things about uh, Roller Derby that Debbie points out and that the league points out is that. Physique does not matter. You you have a skill set you can bring whether you are a two hundred and fifty pound blocker or you're like uh Juno and you can just zip through people real fast. Ellen Page. I know. Okay, sorry, you look stupefied. No, I know. Uh, but it's you know, that's part of the fun of it all, is picking out your name and, and uh designing your uniform and your look as a team. Uh the one from New York is they have one uh, that's really cool, they all have like a checker cab theme. Mm-hmm. So they have, like, checkered uh, hose on and, like, uh, yellow cab uh, skirts and shirts, like bowling shirts. Right.
1: It's cool. I think that the one, the common theme, uh, if not, it's not physique, like you said. It's basically just sheer guts. Yeah. And and an ability to stand up to torture, including self-torture, right, which is um, pretty much the basis of training. Yeah. Like Debbie was uh, telling you in, in that little mini interview you conducted with her. That um she had to do plank position, squats, mm-hmm. push ups, sit ups, what else?
0: Um well, all of this is in skates, by the way.
1: Well, I was gonna add that at the end. That's like the <laughs> <Sorry>. kicker.
0: <laughs> okay. You can't put the kicker in the middle. She did they, they cover basic she said it was boot camp on wheels and uh squats and all sorts of like physical training. All on skates. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Which um she's in the new uh, in the on the New Jersey Hell Razors with a Z mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. and they practice two hours twice a week, and she's been training for four and a half months and just finished her basic skills test
1: right and so when you're when you're training like she was just talking about basically um calisthenics, but there's like training as well, like you throw yourself on the ground to learn how to roll and get up really quick, sure,' Because it's not just getting up like you're getting up with four wheels on each foot, yeah. Um, and people zipping by you that right. you have to learn how to
0: jump over people.
1: That's a tough one. I have you ever imagine. tried to jump in skates? No. Have you ever done any disco boogieing or anything <laughs> like no, that? I was an ice skater. Okay. Roll Not. bouncing? No. All right. Did you see that movie? I saw parts of it. Really? Yeah. It looked pretty cool. They still do that in New York, some in the 70s, like disco skating and they stuff. They do everything in New York, now. Hats off, New York. Um, you also have to skate at high speeds, Chuck. I understand. Yes. There's a actually a bullet in this Tracy Wilson article that says skate at high speeds. There's also
0: one that says you need to stretch out beforehand.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a big one, too. Um, and you have to start and stop in skates as well. What...
0: Yeah, but I think, to be fair, I think that means like you need to start and stop on a dime. Gotcha. Precision, high-speed skating, dodging, jumping, balance, control, all on four wheels, eight wheels.
1: Jerry just left like, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so check that's the training part, and apparently it's not. Um, there's a a, a very um, delineated process to it, and you keep yeah. the newer people away from the more experienced people, according to Debbie. Fresh meat, and then you actually have to pass a test to become like a, in a sanctioned mm-hmm. um, Flat Track Derby Association um, participant. Yeah, yeah, like you. I guess you can't actually. Participate in a bout until you're cleared by them, right?
0: Yeah, because it's dangerous. You know, they don't want you out there getting hurt. Yeah. Um. Although people do get hurt all the time. Clearly, uh, should we talk about that now? We'll talk about that later.
1: Well, let's talk about how to play. Yeah, like because even after reading this and understanding the rules, unless you really, I think it's probably one of those ones where unless you're there. Or you're very familiar with the two teams, so you know who's who. Mm-hmm. It's tough to – it just looks like a muddle of, like, elbows and fists and stuff. Yeah, and in the Drew
0: the movie, they handle that kind of clumsily just by having a segment where they explain the rules.
1: Do they? That's like – did Ellen Page explain the rules? Because that's what she did in Inception, too. Remember? <laughs> like, every, every, like, 30 minutes, right. she'd stop and look at the camera and be like, okay, everybody, yeah. it's
0: refresher time. She didn't explain the rules. I think Jimmy Fallon did, but it's necessary in a movie like that because when you look at a roller
1: derby match, if you don't know what's going on, you might just think it's mayhem out there. Because it, it looks like mayhem, but yeah. there's actually uh, not just rules, but there's also strategy to this as well, which makes it even more awesome, right? Yes. Let's hear it, Josh. Okay. Well, Chuck, first of all, let's talk about the different kinds of players on a team. You have two teams, Yep. and two, these teams are going to play about- Yeah, five uh, players each. Five, right. Right um about is a series of uh shorter races 2 minutes tops but they can be shorter yep. than that they're called jams jams right so you have a jammer mm-hmm. and this person is delineated by a star on her helmet uh huh right the jammer uh there's a jammer on each team mm-hmm. and the jammer is the only person on these teams who can actually score a point right right so here's the deal you've got A jammer on each team. Mm -hmm. You have three blockers on each team. Yes. And the blockers don't have anything on their helmets. Right. And then you have pivots on each team so if you're looking at the starting line going back you have uh, the two pivots they have
0: stripes on their helmet
1: yes thank you chuck and the pivots act as kind of like the you know like a catcher in major league baseball is kind of managing what's going on on yeah. the field same thing uh oh, uh Tracy also compared the pivots to like NAS- nascar pace cars yeah they set the pace of the of the game basically but they're also like calling moves out to the rest of the team they're they Call seem to plays. be the bosses right they actually plays okay thank you and coaches right <laughs> Um. So, Chuck, going from the front back is the pivots, the blockers, and then the jammers. Right. And the pivots and the blockers all take off when the ref um, blows his whistle the mm-hmm. first time. And then after about 20 feet, actually after exactly 20 feet, the ref blows his whistle again, and then the jammers take off. Right. Right? So their whole point is to snake through the crowd and get ahead of them and come all the way back around, lap them, and go through again. Yeah, I get the
0: idea that the jammer is clearly the the speediest and and probably most
1: skilled skater. And probably the most velt, slinkiest person who can kind of like get through. I would think so. Yeah, but I would think you'd have to be extremely... Skilled, yeah, because you're you're probably having to jump the most. Like your whole job is to go forward, yes, as fast as possible. While other as people many are trying to keep you from going forward, right? So you get a point for every player as long as everything is above the boards and inbound. And we'll get to some of the the um uh, the rules, okay, and penalties. Yeah, yeah. in a second, but um for every player the jammer passes after the first lap. Yeah, the first lap there's no points, right? No, but that establishes the lead jammer. Right. And we'll get to why that's important in a second. Yeah. But for every every uh, opposing player the jammer passes, that their team gets a point, right? Yeah. So the lead jammer is the one who comes out of the pack first through the first lap. No uh-huh. points are scored. But the lead jammer has the ability to actually stop the jam. I love it when you act that out. <laughs> right? Yeah. That, by, in, by putting uh, her hands on her hips. Yeah. Or c- touching her helmet and touching her hips a couple of times I've seen as well.
0: And that means the the jam is over. Right. And uh, there's a break in between and then you start another jam, which is a part of the overall bout. Is that right? That's right. And we were wondering, I wonder if Debbie emailed me back, why you would call a jam before the <laughs> period is over, the two-minute period? And we both surmise that it's probably a strategy thing if you feel like like they're calling out the points, I believe. If you're up on points, you can just go ahead and call the jam, right. and you've won that jam.
1: Right. You're, you're locking the other team out of a comeback from that jam. Right. I think that's probably why they would do it. It's got to be. It's got to be. Why else would they do it? So that's pretty much like a standard jam. Yeah, that's how it's scored. And there's actually there's a cool um, flash animation on our site. Did you check it out? No, I watched a YouTube thing. Instead. In the article, it's, um, you can just click and you make all these little people that you're seeing from overhead, oh, really? like, go around and, yeah, it's pretty neat. Well, that's fun. It, it gets the point across very well. So, Josh, there are some other rules, uh,
0: s- specific rules, um, because it's not just a free-for-all, like, you can't trip and stuff like that. So, we'll, we'll read a few of these off. Uh, you have to be in bounds. You can't go out of bounds to pass an opponent. Right. In order to score your point. Um, like you said, I believe you can pass the jammer responsibility over to your pivot. Is that
1: right? You can. During a match? Apparently there's something on the helmet that you can pass. I guess the, the, the star cover. comes off. Yeah. Um, and you can pass it during the match, but the lead jammer status doesn't transfer. Oh, so you can't call the match? Right.
0: Oh, or the jam, sorry. Yes. This is more complex than college football. <laughs> <laughs> um, you do not receive additional points if you fall to the back of the pack and then pass the same player. So you can't zip by everybody then hang back and do it all over again. Once you pass that player, that's your point for that player.
1: Right, you have to come all the way around again and lap them.
0: Right, and if you actually lap the other jammer...
1: That's more points.
0: That's called a grand slam. That's called money in the bank, my friend. That's the big daddy move of all time. Okay. And I, I imagine that's pretty hard. I would say a jammer probably has to go down for that to happen. Yeah. Or your jammer just has to stink.
1: Yeah, could be a <laughs> poor, a poor jammer.
0: Uh, so what what's the deal with the, the blocking? Because obviously you're not just skating through each other. Your purpose as a blocker is to keep them from going by you.
1: Okay, so I think the the rules are um, the rules slightly vary a little bit here. They're league, the league, I get the impression, but some of the very common ones are you can't block with your arm fully extended. Right. Definitely no clothesline. Yeah, that's
0: stuff you've seen in the movies when they hook up together and clothesline. That's just that's not. That's not right. No. Or they might do that to intimidate. You can.
1: You can. I think you can hold hands, but neither person's arm can be um, fully extended. Oh, okay. Um, you can't throw. You can throw elbows, but you can't throw elbows above the shoulder. Right. Generally, you can't throw. You or below can't the waist. Block. Um, actually, below mid thigh. Oh, is it mid thigh now? You can't fall on purpose in front of somebody. As awesome as that move is, See, especially I think that's if a total you pump. try to fall. <laughs> And the person jumps over you. Yeah, because it's like, psst, yeah, burn. <laughs> uh, and what happens if you break
0: these rules is you go to a penalty box, just also like you called doing. the sin bin. The sin bin. Mm-hmm. So, like in ice hockey, you can spend like thirty seconds to a minute in there, which is, you know, that's like half a jam. Mm-hmm. Or you can, if you commit a major, you can be completely, uh, like, removed from the scene. Like fighting. <laughs> removed
1: from the scene. The police come. They're like, <laughs> the you, you take have it to away. leave with us.
0: Uh, the, the, you know, any kind of fighting or I think deliberate falling is a major infraction. Unless the person jumps over you and goes, burn. burn. Not true. Uh, or if you foul a skater while they're down. Or if you give the referee too much guff. I think they can throw you out <laughs> for yeah. dramatic Insubordination.
1: purposes. Insubordination. Yeah. Um, I know the Roller Girls um, Sin Bin is a um, waiting pool. Oh really? And at least circa 2004, I should say. Right. There's a there's a picture of um, one of the roller girls in a uh, in a waiting pool, and there's like a wheel of fortune that you spin to find out what your penalty is.
0: I got a few more things here from Debbie.
1: Okay, Chuck. She said that she had not been on roller
0: skates since she was 15. Yeah, because that's a
1: big deal. I don't yeah. think roller skating is like riding a bike necessarily.
0: Uh, no, it's like riding roller skates, and she is, she's. About my age now, which I'm not going to say how old Debbie is because I just want to be nice to her. She was way.
1: 25 in 1975.
0: <laughs> so um, she said that there are, there are uh, women there that have never been on skates before, though, in, yeah. her, in her training. Yeah. And I asked her about the bonding aspect of it because I think Debbie did it because she was looking for something fun to do and an activity, a physical activity to you know help her keep in shape and stuff like yeah. that.
1: Plank position and roller skates is yeah. rough.
0: Well, she said it's the hardest thing she's ever had to do physically. Yeah. Um, but she said the bonding has been the most, uh, surprising and best part about it. She said that after feeling sort of awkward initially as being the new girl, she's all of a sudden has 18 new girlfriends and they're real supportive of each other. I think she said one of the girls is in a band and they'll go and see her play. And I'm sure some of these, uh, ladies probably eat her cupcakes. You know, well, I'm sure too. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a good, you know, uh, it's a good supportive scene there. Yeah, it and, sounds like it. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that men aren't allowed, and so it's uh, women feel empowered to have a sport to call their own that's rough and tumble. And her niece even remarked she thought it was cool that there's a sport that boys aren't allowed to play.
1: Isn't that cute?
0: Yeah, it's very cute. And and another factor that uh, Debbie likes, and I know that most of the women probably like, is that you know you it's fun. You get to dress up. She says. She gets to wear cute skirts and knee-high socks and then go beat the crap out of somebody mm-hmm. and then have a beer with her later on. Yeah, So the sex and violence all rolled into one.
1: You got it, Chuck. What a, I mean, that's a, as American as it gets. I think you <laughs> just came up with the new slogan. We should pitch that. Yeah. Uh, and there is tons of violence. Uh, there's a lot of injury, although from what I've seen of um, 21st Century Roller Derby, Compared to 1970s roller derby, there's far, far less violence, but I think it's um, more frequently real. Um, yeah. There's a lot of injury, a lot of soft tissue injury, mm-hmm. contusions. Uh, one of the roller girls uh, interviewed in this article, broke her tailbone twice. Wow. Have you ever fallen on your tailbone and you're just like- Yeah. I mean, n- n- you've come nowhere near breaking it, but yeah. it's just like, it's really jarring pain. It's awful. Imagine breaking it twice. I can't. So it happens. You couldn't catch me out there man. They're way tougher than I am. Yeah. What's the fishnet injury? What's that called? Uh it's called uh, fishnet burn. It's where you fall and slide uh, while you're wearing fishnets yeah. and it leaves like the stippled burn on yeah. your on your leg. I got hit in the f- I got to tell you it's not nice.
0: It's not nice. I got hit in the face with a uh baseball when I was a kid and I had like the baseball stitches <laughs> embedded in my face. <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to tell you that, but okay. it's swollen shut, dude. I, I got hit in the face and dropped to the ground and picked my head up, and my eye was already swollen shut.
1: You looked like an Amish woman. I did. Chuck. Josh. I guess that's about it, right? Well, we, we should say if you want to support, um, we are coming into playoff season. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let's talk about that. These leagues are... There's like pretty much no paid professional roller, yeah. girl, roller girls. They're all, they pay for their own equipment. Sure. They pay dues for the league. Yeah. Right? Um, and a lot of times these leagues are pretty much de facto charitable organizations. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, like they, they donate to, um, local charities in the community. Uh uh-huh. Um, and even better, there's some corporate sponsors like PBR is a big corporate sponsor. Of course they have. Which means that they just funnel money. Right to charities, through right. these uh, groups. So if you go pay to see a roller derby, uh, you're going to um, be helping people probably. Yeah, they have
0: raffles and stuff, yeah. and uh, they sell swag, and I think there's comic books. They sell swag? Yeah, they sell swag. They have the uh, – <laughs> why is that funny? <laughs> it just is. Um, so like I said, we are approaching uh, tournament season. The WFTDA has a championship tournament November 5th through 7th in Chicago. Uh-huh. And uh, first and second and third place teams from each region, they have uh, four regions East, North Central, South Central, and West, earn a spot at the championship. And there are Big Five tournaments in September and November to determine who goes to the ultimate championship.
1: Yeah. So the Roller Girls, the Atlanta Roller Girls playoffs are going to be in Lincoln, Nebraska uh, from October 8th to 10th. I was about to say, is that the closest one? But looking at these, that may be the closest one. Yeah. And if you're in Sacramento from October 1st to 3rd, Uh check out the West Region Playoffs. Yes, the East Region is in White Plains, New York, September 24th through 26th. And
0: for all you Sconeys out there, I know we have a lot of Scotty fans, September 10th through 12th in Green
1: Bay, you can go to the North Central Playoffs. Mm -hmm. And you should probably build a time machine to do that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Chuck, (laughs) uh, I hope you you went. You want to talk about uh, roller derby and cinema? Yeah, I mean, Whip It. What else
0: is there? Is that Raquel
1: Welch movie? Yeah, um, Kansas City Bomber. That's a very famous one. Uh-huh. There is also The Jammer, which is a stage play by uh-huh. Roland Jones. It's about a love story between two members of a classic co-ed team. Okay. Uh, and then there's an A&E documentary called Roller Girls. Yeah, that was in that
0: was a one-year a one deal in 2006, I think.
1: And then there's also, again, there's Hell on Wheels, which... If you don't like paying for your documentaries, you can go on to snagfilms.com and watch it in its entirety for free. Oh, really? Yeah. I bet Netflix has got that stuff, too. Yeah. I predict that no matter what happens to us, Chuck, we have at least careers as washed-up sports commentators for roller derby in our future. (laughs) That
0: would be awesome. Okay. Have you ever seen the Saturday Night Live skit with the 70s uh, commentators, sports commentators? Mm -mm. That's really good. uh, Sedakis and – uh, what's his name? Will, uh, Will Arnett? No. Will Ferrell? No. Will, Will Wheaton? Will
1: <laughs> – <laughs> what's the guy's name? I don't know. MacGruber. Is that his name? No. He oh, he MacGruber. plays MacGruber? I know who you're talking about. Will I Forte. Haven't... Nice. You yeah. pulled that out of nowhere. Yeah,
0: he and Sadekus do this sports commentary, but it's really off-color and inappropriate, but Is it's it... <laughs> very, very funny.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. All right, well, if you want to uh, learn more about Roller Derby and play with the cool Flash animation we have um, in this article, type in Roller Derby in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, and that'll bring that article up, and you will thank us a lot. I think so. So do we have any listener mail?
0: Uh, Josh, we're going to do what I like to call fan gift thank yous and what you'd like to call administrative (laughs) details. (laughs) Yes, we have a a, a list here of things that people sent us that we're very thankful for. So, uh... (laughs) Nicole... What? No. Uh, Nicole from Ontario sent us Lego candies. What? You didn't see those? No. I'll show them to you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Joe Garden, our buddy from The Onion, he's a writer at The Onion, Joe, who has a terrific uh, facebook experiment going on his t-shirt project mm-hmm. it's really cool he wears a t-shirt every day and says whether he should keep it or toss it nice and he's on like his approaching his 90th t-shirt holy cow <laughs> and he you know depending on what people vote he will throw it away that's really cool it's funny but that that's neither here nor there but he did send us uh he and some other onion writers including his wife i believe wrote the new vampire's handbook a guide for the recently turned creature of the night. Mm-hmm. And he sent us that, and that's very funny. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Kristen F. sent us handmade candies from Dish Bistro and Bar in Pasadena. And uh, remember the homemade nougat?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dude. Yeah, that was good. The pistachio? I, I didn't know I loved nougat until I had this nougat. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Chuck, where have you been? Have you ever had a Mars bar?
0: No, but this is unlike that kind of nougat. It's good nougat. This is supreme nougat. And she got, she got on to us because this was a while ago and yeah. she didn't make the last cut. And she yeah. was like, thanks
1: a lot. So oh, if she you did. get any more nougat. Yeah. Well, would you think she'll send us more nougat now? I
0: hope so. Yeah. Uh, Mark from the band Red Pete sent us a CD with a song inspired by our A Ponzi Scheme show. Mm-hmm. You wrote a song about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey T. of Massachusetts sent us a tick remover, which I didn't know they made. tick key. A tick key. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth made a flower pen for Jerry which is very sweet. That is sweet. And Jerry has it in her office, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Dr. Diane Hamilton, we supplied her with a cover quote. And she wrote a book, Josh, about uh, being an online student. And I read it and I gave her a quote. uh, Soup to nuts. Yeah, it's actually on the book. Yeah. Our first cover quote. Yeah. So uh, if you want to read Dr. Diane Hamilton, uh, it's called the Online Student User's Manual. And if you're into online education, it's like really the, the whole deal there. Sure. Uh, Jim, Sue, and Peter, Stephen, and Lauren. Wait, I have
1: a question for you.
0: Yeah. Did you, in
1: your book, did you read the inscription?
0: Our cover quote?
1: Uh Uh-huh. No, but did you read the inscription? Oh, that she wrote to us? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Did yours say, don't tell Josh, but you're my favorite? Yeah, mine said that too. Mine said, don't tell Chuck, but you're my favorite. Really? I feel so betrayed. (laughs) Because she didn't say that in mine. Oh, no!
0: Actually, she said, I wasn't going to tell you this, but Josh is my favorite. (laughs) Um, Jim, Sue, Peter, Stephen, and Lauren sent us a postcard from Guatemala. They're doing volunteer work down there.
1: Are those Jerry's friends?
0: No. Okay. Uh, and custominc.com sent us Real Men Way Two Bills t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny is that he said in the email, like, you don't feel like you have to mention this. This isn't like a marketing ploy. We just wanted to do it. And then on the little packing slip, it said marketing rush send this quickly no (laughs) that's hilarious so customink.com we do want to plug you for that and finally Pauline (laughs) does uh, custom photographic prints on homemade abaca paper
1: yeah it's so cool it is I have a nice view of um, a lake in New York I got a guy surfing
0: at the Golden Gate Bridge and Jerry has one as well and uh, if you want to see this she actually prints this stuff on homemade paper yeah. I'm not sure if that's getting through. She makes paper. I, it got through to me, pal. <laughs> and they're very awesome. And uh, you can support her at
1: www.psphoto.ca. And as usual, um, if you have sent us a nice gift and we thank you for it, you should feel free to post it on our Facebook page, right? Yes. Please do. Okay. Um, we do have a Facebook page, which we should mention. Yes. facebook. Dot com yes. Slash stuff you should know. I can't wait for that movie. I know. I'm looking forward to it too. Looks awesome. I love the kid who's playing uh, Zuckerberg. He yeah, was yeah. in uh, Zombieland. Yeah. He, uh, he's he been on other stuff. He's good. Uh, and then we tweet. Yes, you do. At SYSK podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we also have a blog. Stuff you should know. It's at the blogs at howstuffworks.com. Yes. And we have our Atlanta trivia event coming up. Yes. October 13th. That's a Wednesday. From just block out 6 to 11, and yeah. then there's going to be trivia in there sometime. It's free. Uh, John Hodgman and Joe Randazzo are going to be playing with us. And Dave Willis, creator of Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Squidbillies. That's right. We'll and we be on our team. We're going to be a team, and we're going to take all of you suckers on, yeah. and we're going to beat the tar out of you that and if is, you want to come and play for free.
0: Yes, that is at the Five Seasons Brewery West Side, in Atlanta mm-hmm. on October 13th, and come one,
1: come all. It's going to be fun. So uh, that's it man That's Plugfest If you have an email You want to send us I would love to hear About your first brush With
0: For more on this And thousands of other topics Visit HowStuffWorks.com Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs On the HowStuffWorks.com Homepage